Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ironically enough, I've been in this venue all weekend. I DJ at the World's End every Friday and Saturday. Okay. So uh, I'm back for the third day in a row. We're at the Underworlds. Uh, it's pitch black. So this is the first In Darkness interview I've ever done um, with Dave McPherson from Inmi. He's about to play the stage to our right imminently. Um, and I guess we're going to try and cover as much as we can in the time that we have together, Dave, if you're down with that. Absolutely, and this is the best looking I've ever looked during an interview. Well, I love that you always seem to wear this hat. Is this your lucky hat? I've got three of these. Okay, so yeah. it's not always the same one, but it's a similar sort of pattern and style. Oh, it's exactly the same hat. Oh, right. But I just, uh, yeah, I, I, cha- I do change them every couple of days, so it's give me a wash. the three hats are all exactly the same, model, design, Yeah, it, whatever hides my face more. Okay, yeah. where, where does that come from? Are you an insecure guy? I am very insecure, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have alopecia, and when uh, when my hair fell out in 2006, uh, baseball caps weren't my thing. Right. Beanies, look, they sort of, if you don't have hair, it doesn't grip, mm-hmm. so you look like a garden gnome. Yep. Um, so flat caps were my thing, and I loved Elboy. And uh, what age did you start losing your hair? 2006, you say, so how old were you then? Probably, yeah. Uh, oh, God, uh, I was 24. So 24, so what yeah. were you, like 21 when you and me signed? yeah. You, uh, no, actually 19. 19. 19 years old. Wow. Too much too young. I mean, let's backtrack a little bit. So you're from Brentwood in Essex, right? Yes. And I was looking at a list of the uh, notable figures from there. <laughs> and it doesn't seem to be what you would call a rock and roll town. You've got Frank Bruno. You've got Jodie Marsh. 
Well, they're both pretty rock and roll. Well, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're not strumming on guitars or, you nah. know, setting the scene alight with, with headbanging music. Uh, Ross Kemp, I believe, is from that part of the world as well. <laughs> Super Army and Soldiers. the original Stig, Perry McCarthy. I from didn't Top know Gear. that one. Yeah. So, I'm sure some of the prodigy... Was that just Essex? Oh, okay. Yeah, that, I think that is just Essex as a county, as yeah, a well, region. We, we, as yeah, a we tried to still you bring them in. Yeah, yeah. You're the only musician on the list that I saw. Um, what was going on <laughs> in that town as a kid? Was there a music scene to speak of at all? Was there any other bands that you sort of looked up to or were peers with when you were coming up? There was actually a really cool venue called the Hermit. Uh, that that sort of young, the youth could go to where there was nothing else to do other than hang around in the precincts and skate, smoke, and smoke shifty and, cigarettes. Yep. Um, and yeah, we'd go to this place and we did start a band very young. We were 13. So there wasn't a music scene as such. And, but also Chelmsford as well, which is just down the road, Mm -hmm. which I've also lived in, uh, had a place called the Y Club, which was just a place where there's like a tuck shop, but bands would play, we'd all play Nirvana covers and Green Day I tell you what, mate, tuck shop is not a term I have heard for a long time. And that was the best thing about school for me. I'm pushing 40. I'm I'm 34. (laughs) I'm not far behind. But yeah, the tuck shop, man, that takes me right back. Yeah. Big old (laughs) cola bottles and cherry things. And yeah. I mean, you you started super young. What was the inspiration? Was it a band? Was it a song? Was it Uh, a person? I've always been into music. Uh, My family's a very musical family. And my dad was always playing piano nonstop. in the mornings, which was a nice way to wake up. Um, yeah, brothers and sisters. My brother is obviously, but Greg is in the yeah. band, and so we share. Yeah, we, we we fed off each other, and we make music together, and um, and it, it was just boredom and escapism. And I was a bit of a loner, so me and my friend Joe, we were best friends at uh, infant school, junior school, and then. We went to different senior schools, but we formed a band when we were 13, basically. And then Cy came in. And Nirvana was a big thing. Right. Oh. So 91, 92? 96. 96. So Nirvana had kind of been, they'd exploded, they'd happened, but I the residue Nirvana was still there. I got into Nirvana after Kurt died, unfortunately. Yeah. So I never got to see him or anything, but... Yeah. And then, uh, like, Korn, Deftones, Iron Maiden, Bon Jovi was a big thing for me. Michael Jackson, uh... uh Heavier stuff, Slipknot, eventually, and then Linkin Park. I mean, that's so yeah, just key mid to late nineties period, which was so varied and rich with incredible guitar music, wasn't it? It was a good time to be young. It was a great time to to be a teenager. You obviously had skate culture as well, which was massive, and I felt like it was perhaps the last great true age for alternative culture, perhaps. Well, especially with Nirvana, because the music like still is pretty profound and meaningful in a sort of strange way because it's quite hard to decipher some of his lyrical meanings. Yep. But it also, we could just pick up guitars and play stuff pretty easy. It wasn't complex music, so you could you could start making songs pretty quick and that was quite inspiring. And then we, yeah, we just kept writing. And and how did you get signed? You get signed pretty early on. We got signed lucky. We were at Hope and Anchor in Islington. Is it I Islington? know it well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and legendary yeah, venue that's where the damned and all those guys used to play back in the punk era wasn't it i'm still i, I wouldn't know i'm not going to pretend to be super cool no. uh, <laughs> but um yeah we were supporting a friend's band and we went over because of a broken symbol or something and uh music for nations who were uh, like the biggest independent um music label 
in the world at the time. The A&R happened to be there and liked us. And uh, six months later, we signed him. And then... Um, and what was that like? Was it overwhelming? Was it exciting? Yes, yeah, was it, it was terrifying? Way, way, once again, too much, too young. Yeah. Uh, Did you feel like that at the time or just looking back? Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the time, I thought it was amazing. I was like on top of the world, but I didn't quite... I hadn't quite got a grip on what life was yet or reality. Um, so it was a bit too much. And then you get introduced to alcohol and whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe there should have been some living first before the dream world. <laughs> Were you protected in any way by the label or by a tour manager or by anybody around you that was perhaps more experienced, more adult? To a degree. Or were you sort of thrown to the wolves in a sense and, uh, and you know, kind of been given a baptism of fire? A, a bit of both. I mean, there's different people. Different people. Some people, like, try and protect you. Um, some people sort of maybe use you as a catalyst for their own. Uh-huh. Well, that's uh, that's kind of the devilish means, the double-sided coin of being in a band, isn't it? Is you are an enabler for those kind of people, but, I, I, uh, but you're also probably up for it yourself. I, I I got scared pretty quick anyway, so I went pretty straight edge for quite a few years. Um, early early on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, it didn't agree. All that sort of lifestyle didn't agree with me. I got anxiety and I was getting panic attacks, and I didn't know how to deal with it. So the way to deal with it was to not put myself in. I'm being vague, but yeah, situations. Well, anybody, I mean, I talk fairly openly about drug use on, on this show. Obviously, you don't have to if you don't want to, but I think anybody listening is going to get at what you're hinting towards. It's about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it's still about now in the same way? Um, Depends on the depends on the band. <laughs> Sometimes it's the crew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it really depends. I put, younger bands, I, I find, are wisening up which is a good thing it is a good thing they seem to be a lot more switched on to the perils of that lifestyle yeah but conversely perhaps you'll agree or disagree i don't know it seems to have taken some of the the danger the unpredictability the raw energy out of a lot of more yeah, contemporary but, uh, music I mean, for me music aside which is amazing you know some of the best albums have been created because of real sadness and uh, addiction or mental health problems. Music aside, the, the main most important thing is that people are, are healthy and happy, really, yeah. <laughs> in themselves. And I think, yeah, I think people are, I don't know whether it's social media or whatever access to information, but people aren't as... Uh, they, naive. They, they, yeah, naive. They, they will see these pitfalls and they will avoid them, which is good. And that would be my advice because I'm I'm a, I got churn, I got churned out a drunk. You've been you know to the dark side and back. I've been there, yeah, yeah. and I'm still not back. I'll always never. I'm always going to be a bit broken because of choosing this this lifestyle. If I'm being honest, do you think that it was in you before, or do you very much think that this it career was, path yeah. unleashed it? No, it's always been part of me. Uh, Is it hereditary? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents? Yeah. Um. Uh. I won't go into more detail than that, but yeah, uh, there is some sort of addictive personality thing, and um, yeah, I was drinking since I was like fourteen years old. Yeah, lots. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, you know, drunk at school. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, this was bad. There's, there's a lot of parallels between myself and yourself in that regard because I also started very young. I've <laughs> also had a not lifelong, but since fourteen, so adult lifelong 
let's say, turbulent relationship with, with alcohol. Yeah. And in the past for me... It's a when, love-hate thing. It's very much a love-hate thing because in the past for me, when things have gotten tough, I will lose myself in that escapism of the cloak of alcohol and the comfort of that. Yeah. But then obviously you sink lower and lower and lower it, into this cave as well. It can ruin your life. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes I think... I mean, I suffer with depression, but I don't think it's depression. Sometimes it's just I'm depressed because of what it's done to my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm working on that. I'm in, a, I'm in a much better place than I was a year ago. A year ago, I was pretty much ready to end it all. So, yeah. Well, I'm stoked. Onwards and upwards. I'm stoked that you're uh, Thank you're you, in man. We'll, we'll, we'll have a drink to that later. You're here and you're doing <laughs> it. Um, so when did it, if you're cool with talking about it, when did it begin to unravel? Really, in a kind of serious way, where you you uh, were aware, maybe you weren't sort I of wasn't doing aware. anything about I, it. I, at I, first, I got ever lost, right? Um, yeah, and and then I was. Are we talking in the the sort of noughties period or after? No, in the last four years, really, right? Because I was doing okay three or four years ago. I was in a good situation. I had a house. Uh, you're churning out solo albums like No Tomorrow, so you're obviously well. That was that was creative. a problem, though. That is all a problem. That yeah, I sort of lost sight of everything. If I'm being honest, did you have so a conscious? Did you have a conscious break from the band during that period? Because obviously, you know, no. no. So the band was always there. It was always active. It yeah, was just, I band. guess, you slowed down a little bit, perhaps, because obviously for those first 10 years, it was like every two to three years, it was like record, record, record. Mm. And then I guess in the last 10 years, you're about well, to put out... the last five f- years, yeah, we, we, we've only done one, one album. Yeah. But that was just because I had a mental breakdown, So that, it, that was that taken over. And yeah. But I, I got scooped up by my friends and... Uh, yeah, it's, you know, some people try and help you and they don't necessarily help you. Mm-hmm. They they make things worse. They don't mean to, but, you know. They're like, come on, let's go out or cheer you up. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that's cool. That's all right. Yeah, it's it's like, I don't know. If you tell someone off to try and help them, they might just go and You're breaking be them down. stupid and, yeah. and, and get wasted again. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, yeah, I've, it's all I've known all my life, so it's a very hard thing, weird thing to break out of. And also success, like my band, it, it, this is a passion project now. So back in the day, there was a lot of success. and that, that It became a business. Yeah, and I got obsessed with success in my head, like I had to be successful to other people. Right. And that wasn't healthy. And then Do it, you think it that's because you started so young and you were kind of fairly successful right out of the gate? Yeah. So you felt like you were always chasing that? And it's also it. like I was looking at life in a, a more unhealthy way in, in terms of um, <clears throat> measuring myself to other people within money, the industry, money-wise or success-wise or whatever, when really that's not good. You need to sort of look at yourself and, and find why you're unhappy instead of caring whether someone thinks you've got money or not, mm-hmm. for example. I mean, yeah, when you live your life by comparison, you're always going to be dissatisfied, aren't you? Because there's always going to be somebody that seems to be doing better, that's Especially earning more, that's uh, achieving more. I was surrounded by very successful people. Yes. You, you mean fellow musicians, fellow peers? Or just, uh, I don't or know. You, like, anyone uh, from your past that's gone on to you know, be a My partner's or family or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like this musician that's sort of s- slowly losing his success. Mm-hmm. That's Hustling and scraping. Yeah. Getting by. And then feeling, well, drinking, drinking my way through that. Yeah, because you feel like a failure. Yeah, and then drinking to to uh, be a more, I don't know, 
larger than life personality, which doesn't work. You're just obnoxious and pompous. Yeah. <laughs> well, can I tell you a story? Yes, you may. The first time I met you was the uh, last show. It wasn't the last show, but it was the second last show, and it was in London, and it was the band Lost Alone, good friends of mine, and you opened up for them. Oh, God. And uh, Please don't go down this road. You'd been with the Wild Hearts the night before, or with Ginger for his yeah. birthday bash. Yeah, one and of the most embarrassing nights of my life, and I don't remember it. Well, here's what I wanted to say, is you were clearly... Like out of it, but absolutely what, inebriated. What I was incredibly impressed with was how good you were, and and <laughs> and, and because no, I'm being sincere because I saw you before you went on, and I was like, "Fuck me!" Like, what's going to stand up? What, what's what's going to happen here? This is going to be a car crash. And you got on stage, and through charm, there was a lot of that I think which worked on your side, and the crowd were on your side, and just through this, I don't know, autopilot innate skill to somehow hold it together. You delivered this, sh- and it was kind of... I got told otherwise by some other people. <laughs> no doubt, but I... G- I wish I would- hadn't been that hammered. I quite like when things are about to come off the rails in that way. That, for me, excites me because it's dangerous, and I feel like music I really appreciate that, and hopefully other people in the audience felt that. But as the you person, the that, as the person that did it, yeah, um, it's just humiliating and embarrassing and um, you, yeah, shameful. But you can't dwell on it too much. You have to just learn from it. So was that... And I've done it since. You you've know. done it since, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've embarrassed myself and uh, been too drunk to do what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so, yeah. But then there's medical... There, there's, there's recovery, and I'm on that. So what was your uh, steps towards recovery? What was your initial you to, actions? And Well, first you admit you've got a problem. Yeah. And then you talk to people. Uh, especially people closely that have probably already pointed it out and um, there's things to go to you can go there's always a well like in Brighton for example where I live there's a, a, a thing called Pavilion um, which is an NHS charity funded thing for uh, addiction alcohol whatever like mental health problems and you s- seek it out go and talk to someone if you've got a, you can change your life I know that sounds really really cheesy and <laughs> hey, cliche man. but you really can you don't have to uh it's a very hard thing to to change and you know it's not gonna be easy but i still drink at the moment but i've fixed a lot of other problems in my life and it's just and also also baby steps you can't just change everything like thanos clicking his fingers <laughs> yeah yeah well i think that it's we're all work in progress right constant we never will be you have to keep at we it never will be fulfilled <laughs> no uh, and and we're i mean I, there are people that are and i'm genuinely jealous of those those people I don't that believe are, them i do i i think there's those people out there that are just i think it's the mortal human condition to be slightly <laughs> yeah slightly damaged well certainly when scared. you're i think creative and you obviously overthink everything and overanalyze everything those are the people i think that are always destined to be yeah. dissatisfied and, and overly sensitive i'm very sensitive yeah. and emotional as a person so that does not help mm-hmm. i'm not robotic i can't just switch off my feelings it watched, obviously uh, helps Chris, when creating Chris Evans, art you know captain america of course yeah yeah there's a really cool thing on youtube of him just going shh and that's his that's his mantra right what well, so turn he can off just, your brain noise he can just your brain noise zone in be, on his breathing and relax well just just try and rise above your brain noise that inner voice just, yeah that's there niggling <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, that's a that's a that's a long that's a long hard thing to do, and everyone's different, and it's a very hard thing to explain with 
thoughts and stuff because no one's inside each other's brains and and we're all different aren't we that's yeah. what makes the world a exciting and magical place but yeah there's no way of ever truly knowing i always feel like this with relationships and that's friends and love and everything you never truly know the other person you can know no, them as well as never one truly can. human being can but you can never truly you know connect what yeah and that's why i love doing you know things like this and obviously that's what you get on stage every night when you're performing and engaging that is, with that a, is a, a, a well, is this, th- is this therapy, therapy for, for you? Me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as long as I'm not <laughs> too drunk <laughs> yeah, and I embarrass myself on stage. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is absolutely lovely to uh, hear people afterwards going, whoa, I, I could see the passion and feel the feelings and stuff. That's great. And also at the time, you, you, I don't look at people whilst I'm playing generally. You don't? No. Is I'm that not. a nerve thing? Um, or is it just you want to get lost in your own Yeah, I don't want to look at space. someone and they're just going, you know, the, the, yeah. I'm on radio, so you can't see my facial expression there. But Well, I do a lot of DJing, Dave, on tour with bands, and I sort of play between the acts and act as like a host and compare, if you will. And mm-hmm. I see how tough it is for support bands in particular uh, when people arrive early at the gig because they're a huge fan of the headliner and they get down the front. I like that challenge. And though. they just, oh, it's, it's a great, I love it as a DJ as well, but I've seen bands die in that moment because there's just people on their phone. They look yeah, bored, they look distant. Well, then you just have to. And you've got to win them over, right? That, or don't win them over and still just do your best, but don't let it affect what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. They're there though, aren't they? You can't Those win, early you door can't people. win them all. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. Do you like being the underdog? Do you like the support slot like what you're doing tonight? No, I'd rather be massive and really successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be honest about these things, right? Yeah. I don't like I don't like the idea of fame or notoriety. So there's that. I'd have to like get a disguise or something. But I wouldn't mind just being able to fill a room be a super successful crush musician. It, Who go home it? happy. You're a liar if you say otherwise. Tell me about some of your favourite tours and live show experiences. Well, supporting from... a band like Nickelback, for example. Yeah, Arena Tour. Yeah, uh, no, it wasn't actually. They no? weren't that, quite that big then. Right, they right. Were still huge. Yeah. And I, I would have loved to be in that position. And Biffy Clyro supporting us, even. We handpicked them um, from a Kerrang CD back in the early 2000s. And now look where they are. That would be a, that would be a lovely situation. But then the grass is always greener as well. They've, they've probably got their own woes as well. And. Everyone lives to their means and blah blah blah, and everyone has a. Everyone's human still. Doesn't I also feel as well? Success doesn't equate to instant. Everything's going to be okay. Completement. Sort of. Yeah. I uh, feel like as well as the more successful you get, your band becomes more of a business because it has to by its very nature, and then that yeah, does that tend to encroach on the art. You know, I mean, a great example for that for me would be a band like the Red Hot Chili Peppers who when they started out were so radical and fresh and original and, you know, just an amazing rock and roll band. And then the bigger they got, the more middle of the road they got. And now you look at them and you're just like, there's nothing alternative or exciting for me about that. But then they, I don't know, I mean, we don't know what's going on in their heads. They might have just wanted to mellow and... Yeah, I guess guess age perhaps does that as well, doesn't it? You can't be slamming acid tabs and fucking doing backflips. Well, I'm pushing (laughs) for you and uh, I can't... I still love it. I still got the energy, but it's starting to hurt more. <laughs> well, now you're in a new <laughs> dynamic and you know position in the band because you're, I guess, freed from the shackles. Not that it is a shackle, but you're no longer playing guitar live, right? So yes. you're just frontman singer. How's that been for you? Amazing. I, yeah, I adore it because um, you get a lot I'm more physical man. and active now on the stage. Yeah, you're running yeah, yeah. Around I'm a lot an entertainer. More. I've already thinking like this tour next week. I'm going to start in the crowd. Nice. So it's, it's fun. Um, and then it's just up to the guys to be this tight unit behind me. 
and all I got to do is sing. I don't have to concentrate on uh, remembering all these crazy riffs and yeah, pedals yeah. and being static to the mic. I can I can go for a wander. Um, and I'm a better singer for it. I can I can sing over bits that there's no singing on the records. Just do some crazy stuff or do some screaming or whatever. So has it been liberating? It's really, really, really good, and it's the best thing that's happened to the band in a long time. Amazing. And getting John in. So does it feel Tom, like a whole new chapter? Yeah. It's the best version of In Me uh, that we've ever been. And um, John's a fan. Like, Wasn't he your merch hugest, seller? Yeah, he's yeah. got the hugest In Me tattoo on his back. <laughs> and Tom's, so how did that Tom's come about? Fan. How, how did him joining the band happen? Well, I broke my hand. Yeah. And, and so he was just day, like, I well, I know, I know the songs. I up on painkillers and he said, I can play every song. And, and you're like, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were like, yeah, right. And then they did soundcheck and went, yeah. And Turns Dan, out And our does. tour manager at the time was absolutely blown away. And, and then I did the gig. I'd never played with him before. I think, no, actually, we had done one song with him. We used to do like a little thing at the end. Just to, just for him because he's such a fan it's like yeah, a yeah, yeah, come yeah. true for him like a little present at the end of tour or something. so it's refreshing for us to be all jaded and cynical and be in the band for so many years and um, sometimes be a bit downtrodden and then just see this guy just going can't believe it and it's not about money it's not about anything it's just that it's about us us five exuberance and excitement right fresh blood as fresh they blood. say and Tom as well yeah. Tom's been an absolute you know, he's not just a drummer. He does all our social media. He does our arts, does our videos. And he, he's busy with it, you know. He makes me look bad. Well, that's the other <laughs> thing, isn't it? And, and you must have seen front hand, really, or first hand, the, the change in the industry from when you first came out and, you know, records were still shifting, serious units. And that first record of yours was like a pretty high-charting album. Well, back used to when make money albums Sold, right? And then you live through the introduction of the streaming era. And it's a different ballgame now, isn't it? And you need to be savvy with your online presence. Well, what's, what's refreshing for me is this band doesn't make money. Like, it is not a career. This band is just a band. Yeah. A functioning, it's as a, you say, side It's a unit. hobby. We do it because we, we love the music we make together. We do it because we love touring. Uh, and it's hard. It's really hard. But we still do it. And, you know, I might be lucky to take 50 quid home a night. Yeah. Um, I do more doing my job. You do more working behind the bar. Behind the bar in the venue you're playing, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah because, and also, the money has to go back into the band. Of course. Um, so, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm proud of. Most bands give up. They go, oh, we can't afford to do it anymore. I'm like, well, you're not abandoning. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, there's not many bands from, you know, when you came out, unless they just went, oh, I'm like a rocket ship to Mars and became massive, then it's obviously very easy to sustain a living. But there's not many working bands that are out there. Yeah, Perhaps at your level, twenty years in, still, still doing. It. I can't think of many. Maybe they're more sensible. <laughs> maybe we're stubborn. Did you but, did you get much money, like in terms of advances or anything like that, early on? I did, did you early, did you put, early in the day? Yeah. Did you put that money anywhere? Did you squander I it? I paid my you? rent for many, many years. Right. Yeah. Basically, I wasn't like rich, but I was totally happy with the amount of money I had. Yeah. I was on a wage. Nice. Um, from publishing advances and. You know, we were making money from big tours and stuff like that. But I was totally fine with that. <laughs> I yeah. really would like that again. Yeah, yeah, But no I doubt. also like, I, I work for the, uh, I work in the NHS now, so I, I kind of prefer that. And what are you doing there? Uh, I'm a staff coordinator. And that's in Brighton as well? Yeah, yeah. Gaz, Gaz helped me get it and it's amazing. This is the whole band in Brighton. Gaz is in Brighton no, as well. No, just, just you me, two. Gaz. Where's uh, your brother? Greg's at Essex. Right. And John's in Liverpool. Oh, okay. Wow. Tom's somewhere between. <laughs> <laughs> he's the here, there, and everywhere. He's about, well, he's a pilot, so he's probably oh, is up he? in the air. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool as well. Like, really cool. He's got a drummer that's a pilot. <laughs> 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 well, Iron Maiden's got the singer, haven't they? Yeah. Are they a band that you... I've heard you talk a lot about them. Are they a band that you've been inspired by? That would be a good stage by? to get to, actually, to interrupt you, sorry, uh, would be... A level where Tom's flying us country to country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you know you've made it when <laughs> when your drummer's flying you to gigs. <laughs> In for a couple of hours, play the show. Yeah. Straight back out. Wait, man, I saw you drinking a <laughs> yeah. couple of Budweiser. Well, that's there. it, isn't it? <laughs> that is it. Um, yeah. How is the hospital then with you taking time off for touring? Is that fairly easy to negotiate and work oh, just, around? It's flexible. The yeah. Hours are, yeah, right, right. That's the way, the way it's got to be. Um, maybe one day I'll do full time because I love it. It's a really cool, meaningful thing to work for. Um, and it was more just getting into a routine and getting out of bed. and being In terms of trying to get your mind to a better place. You yeah, want, you want being some structure around other people. And, yeah. Well, that's the key, isn't it? You've got to get up, you've got to get out. It was not good. And uh, yeah, big, big love to Gas for that. He, he sort of saved my life, really. Were you doing that for a long time then, just being a recluse? Yes. I was drinking myself to death as a hermit. Just on your own at home inside? Yep. Yeah. In the dark. Wow. Real heavy. <laughs> it was bad. Real heavy. Yeah. Really dark. Do you drink Surprise at home now? Do you make a point of not drinking at home now? I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm pretty good. Uh, but uh, I still mess up. I'm not going to lie and pretend I'm fixed. Are you, would but you I'm ever on, consider going right sober? Pa- I'm on the right path. Yes. As Gaz said. Well, that's good. Uh, I'm on the way up rather than... On the way down. Well, I can't out. get much further down to <laughs> where I was at. So I'm, I'm good. But yeah, baby steps. You can't fix everything at once. And are you, are you in a good relationship space with alcohol now? You're happy to just, you can have a couple? No, and, I still mess up. Yeah. But I can, I, uh, yeah. 
got quite high tolerance until right. I don't. Right, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I think I'm kind of the same. Yeah, you, 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 you're kind of like vaguely merry yep. to a point, and then that one shot just sends you over the edge and you're blackout drunk from out of nowhere. Yeah, and you need, that, really you need bad, that homing beacon thing, that, that thing that makes you go, no, 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 you need to sort yourself out and Slow go back down. to bed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a weird one because it's an industry that encourages it. Well, the worst is when you're on running on no sleep and no food. That's when it gets, and you know, you you start the day hungover and you go straight yeah, to a beer. Yeah, and alcohol becomes your food. Yeah, yeah, and that's that, when that's it gets happened. out of hand, isn't it? I'm not saying like, yeah. I mean, I've been much, much. I was much worse, and I'm I'm dealing with it. I'm um, doing things about it. I'm seeing people about it. I'll be I'll be okay. Good man. Uh, because I can't I can't you know it would have been it would have just ended in my death. Literally, and, and there's been pretty morbid. Well, there's been far too much of that recently. Yeah, it would have. It, it was just ruining my life. What about this new record? Has all of this gone into the the lyrical content? Oh, yeah, of it's that. Pretty, pretty is, it, is, potent. Is, is it all in there <laughs> and on the table? And yeah, it's a really good. Has that been cathartic as well? Yeah, there's n- there's enough. Like in the past, some of the lyrics, I'm like, I don't really know what that was about, but this one, it is just pure feeling. And and it's the first proper collaborative album fully, where like my brother and Gaz and everyone would contribute to my melodies, take out lyrics and things. So it's a band album as opposed to uh, me writing the song and then the band doing their thing with it. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. so you kind of come in the past with the song pretty much there, and yeah, then they fill in the, the gaps and. and uh, bring it to life whereas now it's as you say it's a total team it. effort I prefer I prefer it I should have done it years ago well the joy is in collaboration right and you always get better results well, I think from, stuff that from I bouncing ideas of. off others that's it yep you get another viewpoint don't you another perspective yeah and then a song becomes something I could never make it so that's quite cool um, so yeah quite exciting to see what we do next and what happened with the second and third album in the trilogy that you started but then never completed is that still going to well, see the light Tom of day came in and john it was like we should just do an album cement we the band as it's new to a context or a concept um, that's why you should never start these things dave yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> completely correct and initially we were going to do all three at once and that might have worked out but it was a bit it's a bit pretentious in that but having said that i am going to finish it you are in solo form or in band form or Very however it'll be? band form. Once I've caught up on all the stuff I should have been doing the last couple of years. <laughs> right, such as? Uh, a book. Just life admin. Things, yeah, life admin. Are you writing a book, are you? Uh, uh, yeah, sort of. A biography or a no, novel? Fiction? No, I'm not clever enough to, to be able to spend enough time doing that. No? And I'm not patient enough. It's um, me just talking about every song. Right, nice, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Then, so Frank Turner did something kind of similar recently. Yeah. Where he took you behind the But Frank Turner's much more eloquent and educated than, than <laughs> myself. <laughs> is he a mate of yours? He is, yeah, 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 yeah he's lovely. He's a really good guy. He's he's, he's re- reached out and been nice to me. Nice. Well, I think, I think he's been through not quite the yeah, same level, perhaps, but, but yeah, he's but certainly he's, been he's honest. doing stuff as well. And he's honest in his lyrics as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's, he's been getting very, out there. He's a very, very good person, and, and uh, anyone that says bad about him, um, Fuck him. I love Frank. He's been on this show twice. Yeah. He's a good friend. He's he's just a good guy. He is. He's an altruist. And he's a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. A great songwriter. Very good songwriter. And Ginger. Is he a pal of yours still? You still in touch yeah, with Ginger? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not in touch because I don't really... Well, because I went off the map. <laughs> yeah. You haven't been in touch but with yeah, anyone. He's, he's 
you know, he's done me some real good favours. He took me on tours, put me on his birthday bashes, which probably didn't end well with the Lost Alone show. There you go, yeah. <laughs> and ha- when was the last time you spoke to Steve, Stephen Patel? Uh, we keep we keep touch all the time. Yeah, yeah. He's in London now, right? He's or he's moving yeah, to London. Yeah, we're gonna meet up. He's yeah, since I moved to Brighton, he's said he moved down to London. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna meet up. So he's a sweet guy. He's, he's, he's a really nuts. nice dude. He's a bit nuts he like me. He's, a, he's, a, he's an eccentric, mad scientist type. Just kooky, isn't he? Well, he's just and a great his, songwriter. I admire his passion and dedication. And he's a funny bastard. He is. He's, he's quite partridge, isn't he? In his <laughs> yeah, he loves humour and tone. <laughs> what else has been kind of keeping you afloat aside from the music and friends? Has there been anything else in your life? The that's, sea. Yeah, it's nice it kind of having the waves very, and the noise very, very and the cheesy, fresh yeah, air. Being near the ocean and just going and looking at it and going, wow, it's the sea. The world is bigger than me. Yeah. I mean, nature's the, the ultimate. Stars are out there and nature's stuff. the ultimate reminder and fixer, I think, for, for that, for yeah, getting I'm yourself out of it. Nothing, none of this will matter. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. When you, when you acknowledge the absurdity and the complete meaninglessness of it all, yeah, without um, being nihilistic about humans, it. Humans, yeah? uh, reconnecting with people I should have been connecting with last few years. Uh, film. Film is my big thing. What you've been watching? What's what's been having an effect and an impact the, and an influence? The, uh, Joker was was oh, a mate. big old big old bad boy for me. A great great statement on mental health. And yeah, I, I was worried because I sympathise with him a little bit sometimes. Capitalist toxicity and uh-huh. yeah, what a great uh, movie! An, an amazing performance and the music and film music. Oh, Nick Drake nice was thing. in there, wasn't he? Yes, and uh, is that the and stairs bit? It's when he's talking. I heard a song on the radio the other day where he says, "My name is Carnival." Okay, I and don't know who the, the, the stairs. The stairs music. bit was, um, isn't it? Isn't it Gary Glitter? It's Gary Glitter. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Apologies. <laughs> Which, <laughs> it's funny because the Struts. I don't know whether you know those guys, but I don't know. they came out on stage. They came out on stage in London to that song, and yeah, it's Gary Glitter. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, that's a bold song. Yeah. But I guess that's them just going. It's a tune, and it is a tune. But then obviously it's like, well, it's Gary Glitter. <laughs> Shit, should I like this? <laughs> ah, well, I like the scene. Yeah. Whoops. Well, um, that's the other thing of the world we're living in now, isn't it? As well as kind of all these artists and icons that you grew up loving, Michael Jackson, all these people, all this stuff is like coming out, and you're like, oh, am I still allowed I to was like it? To Michael Jackson this morning, and well, to... you you have to still get enjoyment from that music, right? Because the music's so good. Well, Are you able to separate the art from the artist? I am. I don't really want to get into it. But, no, um, it, he was proven innocent, and I just don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, it's none of my business. And those and, tunes are so good. And, uh, well, the tunes are... They're so good. Stonking. You don't want to be like living without earlier, a thriller like, in your life. You know, it, I still play songs. Yeah. I'll, 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 be, I'll just say Interestingly, that. though, I wouldn't <laughs> DJ if, him if, out. If it's true, then it's terrible. Yeah. And I totally, of course it is. Uh, you know, I'm against it, obviously. But, um, A, I haven't even seen the, the program because I try to avoid watching it. Yeah. Depressing programs. I mean, that have you, well, a show you definitely need to avoid at all costs is Don't Fuck With Cats. Yeah, have you heard, heard about this? this? And I don't want to see anyone it is hurting so, cats. Well, I mean, it, that is the tip of the iceberg, my friend. It is one of the strangest, no, I'm not bleakest, don't. Although <laughs> I do like sort of macabre serial killer documentaries. Well, then, if you like I, macabre serial killer documentaries, with, it, you will like this. Oh. But it is well, I like heavy. the Ted Bundy one. Yeah, the, did you watch the Ted Bundy movie with Zac Efron? No, he's and I good. Know that's directed by the same person that made the series. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ted Bundy tapes. No, it's a really good performance from him. Yeah, in that. I, because I can't understand how someone could do that stuff. 
it, it doesn't fuck with your head because you're so removed from that. No, it's not the same still, as when probably still does. Probably still something I should be watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably messes with my dreams. <laughs> Did the Joker have an optimistic, positive effect? On no, you? and the thing yeah. is, it was my favorite film of last year, but I don't want to watch it again. Right, because it was that close to the bone. Yeah, sometimes you just want to watch something that makes you feel good, like the new Jumanji or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I like the last one. Though. I thought it was good fun. Is the new I one have, good? I haven't seen it, but I want to watch it. You're gonna be checking it out. It's fun. What's not to like about Kevin Hart, The Rock? Well, it's, it's nice Jack escapism Black. as opposed to. Brutal realism. It's nice to watch brutal horror stuff yeah. or whatever because then it makes you feel, well, at least my life's not that bad. Yeah, right. Perspective <laughs> again. At least I'm not stuck in a submarine <laughs> at the bottom of an ocean being attacked by sharks. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to pick up on before I let you go and eat some dinner. Thanks, man, because I'm starving. Um, l- Marvin. Just, have you got any good anecdotes you can share from the rock and roll life? Any good encounters with any big name? I played with Musicians. George Holland last year. Did you really? Yeah. O- on the Hoot and Nanny on later or just live? No, it was his actual gig at the Kew Gardens. Was, Paul, was, was Pauline Black little, and Gaps Hendrickson? I was on a stage like in another area. Right. I got to meet him and he was yeah, like, yeah. thank you so much for playing. And yeah, and then I watched his gig all up front. It was pretty cool. Amazing. Um, That's a little bit out of the ordinary, isn't it? Try to feed. Talk. Touring with Serge Tankin was super cool. From System of Down. Was was that when you Playing had the... t- table tennis with him after having a little smoke rooney in Holland? Yeah, with him as well. Um, no, but no. I think he had indulged. He but had I indulged. Can't speak for search. You can't speak for search. Is this around the time you brought out the Pride album? Was it around that time? No, this was uh, more Daydream Anonymous. Harold Moff. Harold Moff time. Right. Two thousand nine. Right. Right. No, right. Two thousand seven. Two thousand eight. And so that would have been his debut solo album, was it? But he was lovely. Yeah. Was a real sweet guy. Um. He is sweet. I've interviewed him a couple of times. Very yeah. thoughtful. He brings very everyone genuine. backstage to like discuss cool things and meditate. Uh, the Rasmus, I know they get jipped for being all poppy or whatever, but they were amazing, really good people to tour with, really nice to us, and they don't have a bad song. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and finally, Corey Taylor. You, yeah. you made peace with Corey? Well... I I I I never didn't make peace with Corey. Um, he he slagged off our band in Kerrang with with Joey Jordison in two thousand three, and it was f- or two thousand two. It was the song Firefly. Yeah. Which you're never gonna expect those guys to like that song. I don't even like that song. <laughs> like I like I, I like our version of it now, but I don't like the version. And I can see why Slipknot members would have to absolutely destroy that song. Yeah. And but it's almost like a badge of honour, isn't it, when you get dissed by that's someone That's all like I that. cared about. I was like, yeah. Slipknot destroyed our song. <laughs> and then someone brought it up on Twitter, and he apologised and said he didn't remember much from those days, so I could sympathise with that. Yeah. Um, and um, said he would buy me a beer someday. So, Corey, give me my beer. Well, they're in town soon. They start tour on Tuesday, I think. Well, maybe we shouldn't so. drink a beer. Maybe we should... I think he might be sober. Yeah, maybe we should have a lemonade. Or, you know, a nice green tea. Yeah, something. (laughs) He's a good dude as well. I'm sure he... He's a very uh, intelligent, articulate, amazing musician, just a good dude, and I was never offended and didn't care. I guess it probably, if anything, brought some extra eyes onto the band, right? Exactly. Yeah? Yeah, and even the tweets tweets (laughs) apologising probably made people go, who's this Dave McPherson? Yeah, have a little spike in sales for the upcoming tour. So by the time Maybe this goes out, or the, um, the album will be out. Um, so congratulations Thank on very much. what seems like a very exciting new chapter in the band's story. And long may it continue, my friend. And uh, all the best for your you know, ongoing 
Growth. Stuff. <laughs> Good to meet you and see you. Yeah, and cheers, chat. brother. Thanks, Thanks, Dave. That was an in-depth thing, and that's a, that was a cool interview. Lovely. Thank you, dude. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.